So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced in our Come and See studio here in Ada and this it is the 20th of December it's the fourth Sunday of Advent my name is John Keeley and help me to present the programme this morning two guests first of all Shane Ambrose back again Shane good morning to you Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good, thanks. And uh, great for us to welcome back again into the studio, Father Frank Dewey, Pirate Space, Newcastle West. Morning, Father Frank. Morning, John. So this morning, we also want to welcome, especially as usual, those of our listeners who are housebound, those who are lonely and struggling, especially these days, a lot of uncertainty going around in, in, in terms of the virus and so on and so forth, and maybe visitations and, and, and all this worry that are on people's minds. So we'll ask you maybe just for the next hour, just to stay, to stay tuned. We hope to bring you some, some good music and also words of hope. But in the meantime, just to remind listeners, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. Just to remind you again, the 10am slot includes Mass being broadcast from Abbeyfield Parish. And also at 11pm uh, we have a full programme. The podcast of this program uh, and any of our programs are available to be heard anywhere in the world, anytime, 24-7, on our podcast stations. So that's Come and See Inspirations. If you just do Google Come and See Inspirations, you get any of our programs that we've done over the years. We're also available on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcasts, Google podcast, podcast platforms. We also would invite listeners to share with us uh, some, maybe some of their thoughts, some of their requests for music maybe even request for prayer. You can do that by contacting us and texting us 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email, come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Now with this part of the programme, as usual, we will invite Shane to let us know what's happening in terms of Saints for the Week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. Um, so, as you said, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, so we're into the final countdown of the Advent season. So, of course, final candle being lit on the Advent read this Sunday. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week four. And, of course, we're into the week where, the, in particular, if we're doing Vespers, the uh, O antiphons are the antiphons that are being said before the Magnificat over the next couple of days. Monday, the 21st of December, is the Feast of St. Peter Cantius. I think is how you pronounce the man's name. He died in 1597. He was his Dutch Jesuit. We won't hold that against him. Uh, very well renowned from his learning, particularly involved after the Council of Trent. And his greatest work was a catechism of 211 questions and answers, which was published in 1555. On the 22nd of December, we're going a little further afield. It's Blessed Thomas Holland is his name, another Jesuit, a martyr, and he is one of those that died for the faith in the England during the persecutions of Catholics. On the 23rd of December, we have the feast day of St. John of Canty. This is a Polish saint. He died in 1473, renowned for having uh, taught theology and scripture in the University of Krakow in Poland. And he's very much remembered for his austerity of life and his generosity. Now, in case you're racking your heads and you're trying to figure out where have I heard that term Krakow before? It's the city where Pope John Paul II was the archbishop before he was elected pope. On the 24th, now people say to me, 24th December, Shane, is Christmas Eve. Yes and no. Christmas Eve starts at sunset on Christmas Eve. So actually on the feast, on the day of Christmas Eve itself, um, the 
memorial that's on the calendar is for all the holy ancestors of Jesus. And it is uh, one of those ones where they uh, you can read the genealogies of Jesus for the for the gospel of the day, if you wish. It's those ones and begot and begot and begot those ones. So that's what we have, John. Obviously, then into Thursday night, of course, it is Christmas Eve and we're into the season of Christmas and the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friday, of course, is Christmas Day. And next Saturday, of course, is St. Stephen's Day. St. Stephen, of course, being the first martyr of the church, his, his martyrdom are recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. And then next Sunday is the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, or the Feast of the Holy Family. And we're into the octave of Christmas. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, as uh, then, you know, when we're in the octave of Christmas, is that lovely time, that eight days, which we spoke about in the programme two weeks ago, when basically to mark the solemnity of, Chris- of Christmas, liturgically, we stop time. So the prayers of the Mass throughout that week are the prayers of Christmas. And it's also to remind people, of course, that what we're encouraging people to do this year is if you can't get to Mass on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day because of the restrictions, go to your Christmas Mass during the octave. Sunday is, as I said, is the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Monday is the Feast of the Holy Innocents, those that were killed by Herod, as according to the Gospel of St. Matthew. Uh, it's an interesting one as well. It's also a day where people pray for those who have di- who, children who have been uh, who have been aborted around the world, the Holy Innocents as well. On Tuesday, the 29th of December, we have the feast day, of course, of St. Thomas of Becket, Bishop and Martyr. He who was Archbishop of Canterbury and Henry II, who will, said, who will get rid of this turbulent priest for me. And he was martyred in 1170. Interestingly enough, John, one of the things about Thomas of Becket I came across during the year is that part of the vestments that he was wearing on the night that he was uh, martyred are actually kept in hungry and they are being loaned back to Canterbury by that diocese for a period over the next couple of years. So he was killed on the 29th of December in 1170. The 30th of December is the feast day. Uh, we went a bit far afield for this. It's a woman called Anicia of Sal- Salonica. She's a Greek saint uh, recognised in the Orthodox Church, was martyred for the faith during a period of, of persecution. And finally then, Thursday the 31st is the feast day of St. Sylvester. Um, he's a Pope, died in 335, and he was a Pope for 21 years. And the interesting thing about Sylvester was he was the Pope, sorry, he was the first person who was Pope after the publication of the Edict of Milan when Christianity was uh, made, um, what's the, the opposite of outlawed. It was legalised in the Roman Empire. So that's what we'll have, John. And then, of course, Friday, the first, uh, the octave day of Christmas is the feast day of Mary, the Holy Mother of God, and it is the World Day of Prayer for Peace. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the celestial guides for the next two weeks, kind of-ish, give or take. Thank you very much indeed. Very comprehensive as usual. Okay, just a few little notices maybe we might bring to people's attention. I know uh, everybody around the table here might, might want to comment on the Masses uh, in the various parishes. Uh, but just before that, um, just a notice to come to my own attention. It's from the Redemptive Church, uh, M- uh, Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick. Um, there's a carol service, actually, this evening at 5pm. Um, there's and also a service called Blue Christmas. And this is really, it began back in the USA for people who find Christmas difficult for all sorts of reasons. So that includes prayer, reflection and music. It's on again um, Monday evening, 21st, that's tomorrow evening at 9pm. 
reconciliation service in the redemptist is at 8 p.m. and Wednesday the 23rd. And also there'll be streaming Midnight Mass and Christmas Eve. All of course the streams from the Redemptist are available on novena.ie. So with that, maybe um, we might invite Father Frank maybe to share some information with us that he'd like to share this particular time. I know it's it's pretty awkward because as usual, just to, rem- just to remind listeners, even though this has been broadcast on Sunday, we're broadcasting this the previous Wednesday. So we're actually broadcasting this. Recording it, excuse me, yeah, just a few days before. But anyway, Father Frank, maybe you want to share with us what you can at this particular moment. Okay, John, uh, just a thought that struck me there about the Blue Christmas. If Waterford had beaten Limerick, it'd have a different meaning. So um, it's, it's a green Christmas, really. But um, yeah, but the Mass as well in, in the parishes that, uh, that I'm involved in, you know, um, Newcastle West, Mahona. Monaghan and our the Karakari, we've basically taken the line of putting on extra masses and um, all ticket, uh, ticket only admission or thinking is that the worst thing that could happen on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve is that somebody stands at the door and turns you away. Mm-hmm. At least when a person has a ticket, it's not going to kill anybody to come and collect the ticket. Mm-hmm. And when they have a ticket, they will uh, get in. So, um, We've we started in all the, those parishes now. Started uh, distributing those tickets, and um, people call to the parish office for the Newcastle West masses, and uh, they can call to Monaghan Church uh, for their tickets on Saturday morning. Uh, it's from eleven to twelve thirty at the church, and for the two churches in Mahuna, um, Monaghan, Fiona, and Castle Mahan. They can uh, collect them on sun on Sunday between two and three thirty. There was already one session where they could have um, collected tickets. There's also notices outside our church, big boards that you can read, passing from the car, and you want you don't even have to slow down. They're quite big, uh, so they can uh, see those. We'd encourage people that to, and, and to be patient with the fact that it's ticket only. There, we thought of every possibility. Yeah. There is no alternative, really. You know, so. Um, and so far, the, the, what we're finding so far is that the Christmas Eve masses are going very, very quickly. They're the most popular ones. I think that would be that would be common across a lot of parishes as well. Down as closer to the river, if you like, back towards uh, Pastor Unit Thirteen, which is um, Fines, Shenagolan, Robertstown, Lahal, Ballyhahal, Glen, and Kil- uh, Kilcornan and Coolcappa. So uh, for for Lahal, Ballyhahal, Shenagolan, Fines, and Robertstown you have to get your name in for either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. At this stage, most of those spaces are gone. Uh, for Glen, um, it's also similar to that arrangement which, uh, that's been organised back there. For Askeaton Parish, it's been done on a lottery basis. We know as Father Tony announced last week for Abbey Field, they're doing it on a lottery basis as well. So it's just a general reminder to people, it's not a case for most parishes, you will not be able to walk up and in the door on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day, that chances are most parishes will have had to put some arrangements in place because of the COVID-19 restrictions. So once again, we're saying to people, please check your parishes, particularly if you're not a regular Sunday churchgoer and you mightn't be aware of what the situation is. A lot of parishes have put their notices into the Weekly Observer and to the Limerick Leader. Uh, check your parish bulletins that would have been given out with the parish um 
in the churches and check the notice boards in the churches as well. As well as that, a lot of parishes are using their Facebook, their websites. They're also using community councils, uh, Facebooks across as well. So just to check it out, don't assume that you will be able to get into a church on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, unfortunately, at the moment. And of course, as we have said on the programme last week, uh, we're joining our voices with parish priests and the diocese and saying to people, Go get your get your Christmas mass over the Christmas period. There's a, extra masses are being put on in many parishes. They are being spread out. They are being facilitated pretty much from the 21st of December right up until Chris, until New Year's Day. And reminding to people as well that might be worried about it that the obligation to attend Sunday Mass and the obligation to attend Holy Days of Obligations has been suspended by the bishops for the period of the pandemic. So that there's no, you know, you don't have to be worrying about that side of things either. <clears throat> and I just said there uh, too that in the parishes, uh, Newcastle West, Monaghan, Mahona, uh, the masses that are um, that there are plenty of places in are St Stephen's Day. We'll be saying the Christmas masses that day as well. So uh, you, you'll definitely get a ticket for Christmas, uh, St Stephen's Day, if you fail the other days. And so. I think uh, St Stephen's Day is 10 a.m. and 12 noon. That's right. Yeah. 10 a.m. 12 noon in Newcastle West. Um, just a reminder of uh, uh, the arrangements in um, in Ardicari Kerry, very similar, same same criteria in terms of tickets and so on and so forth. The masses are at 6:30 p.m. Um, Christmas Eve in Arda and uh, Kerry Kerry 8:30 p.m. and Christmas morning 10 a.m. in Arda and Kerry Kerry 11:30 a.m. Masses will be available online on the Ada Curry Kerry uh, Parish Facebook page. The loudspeaker system will be in operation at all Masses in Ada on the east side of the church, that's in the car park. And Mass from Curry Kerry will be available to be heard on 107 FM. So I, I think all, uh, all uh, eventualities have tried to be covered by all parishes concerned. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, as Father Frank just said, and as Shane just said, uh, the onus is on ourselves to be responsible. <coughs> And maybe just one a few more things, yeah? Yeah, so in addition to that, I have a couple of other notices kind of just now, a reminders for people of other bits and pieces that are on that might be of interest, and particularly uh, given the restrictions that are there and the fact that we can't get out that often. Um, so just to let people know, tonight, as today is December the 20th, tonight at 8 o'clock, there is a carol service from the Basilica at Knock. Mm. If people wanted to watch that, and that's going to be streamed online at knock.ie. Uh, as well as that, today there's also going to be um, uh, the Mount St. Joseph Abbey, uh, the Cistercians in Ross Cray. They also have their Christmas service, uh, which will be brought, which will be carried on there. Uh, website today as well and is it's it'll be available to watch whenever af- on YouTube after it's it goes up as John mentioned the Redemptorists have a carol service at 5pm tonight um, reminder so all and as well as that if you can't um, obviously for many of those you might not be able to physically go but a lot of them are being live streamed either on church services TV or on those websites of the respective communities also just to remind people as well um if you wanted something uh, something in addition to that, Carl's from Kings, uh, which is broadcast on the BBC, that will be going out uh, in the next week. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the exact day on it uh, before the programmes tonight, but just to remind people to keep an eye out for it, it will be advertised. A Festival of Nine, Car- Nine Lessons and Carl's is being broadcast on BBC Radio 4 at 3pm on Christmas Eve. It's also carried on the BBC World Service and will be available to watch online for those that want to see that also as well. 
Um, in addition to that, uh, one other thing just to flag to people, uh, as part, I, should, I should have mentioned it, John, as part of the liturgical run-through we did of the calendar between mm-hmm. now and the end of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis made an announcement uh, on the 8th of December, and it is something we will come back to again on the programme in January, which is that for the next 12 months we are celebrating a year of dedicated to St. Joseph. Um, we will come back to it again um, towards the middle to the end of January and we'll discuss it and explain that we'll go through the Pope's letter and the indulgences that have been granted yeah. but just to remind people particularly as we're coming up a Sunday a Sunday week will be the Feast of the Holy Family uh, and of course the you know G- Joseph is is the silent uh, witness to Christ in the Gospel just that people are aware that that's happening in the next 12 months and like I said we'll we'll come back to it again in January but it's a beautiful gift from Pope Francis that um, that model that is put before us in the next 12 months uh, in the model of Saint Joseph Just remind us again that knock um, the knock carol service what time is it on? That's on at 8pm on December the 20th and it's on knock dot ie yeah and also we did mention there about the redemptist before uh, just one last little website just to remind people of that's novena.ie okay at this uh, point I, I think we've filled you up with an awful lot of information maybe give you a chance just to just to slow down a little bit um before we go for our first bit of music there's a spiritual communion prayer that we always pray this is for those of course who can't get to, um, get to mass this morning can't receive jesus sacramentally and father frank's going to pray that for us this morning thanks father frank my Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Thanks for that, Father Frank. So now we we'll go for our first bit of music this morning. Uh, the last Sunday, actually, in Advent. So we have to play O Come, Come, Emmanuel, and that's from King's College, Cambridge. Come back and join us in part two, where Father Frank will help us to reflect on this last Sunday in Advent.
So welcome back again to the second part of Second Space, 102 FM. Uh, my name is John Keeley, still joined by Shad Ambrose and, of course, Father Frank Dewey. Uh, Father Frank, thanks a lot for coming back and joining us again this morning. Yeah, and what we want Father Frank to help us out with is this is the last Sunday in Advent, just to help us to work our way through today and, of course, the rest of the week. Thanks, Father Frank. Yeah, just a little reflection, John, on, on this, the fourth Sunday of Advent, um, Today's gospel reminds us that it was a woman who was centre stage at the first Christmas. It was the woman who brought Christmas to the world. It is still true that so often it is women who continue to bring Christ to people and people to Christ. Today is an opportunity to say thanks to the women who sowed the seeds of faith in our hearts, who nurtured God's love within us, who through their tenderness and love have brought many to know the mercy of God. Women do not need liberation. Instead, they are entitled to be deeply appreciated and to have the profound glory of God's special call to them recognized. Without Mary's response to God, there would not have been a first Christmas. Without women's faith today, wouldn't we have a very impoverished church? Today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, we find how central God made women in preparing for the coming of our Saviour. I've mentioned Mary's central role, but let us not forget the role of another woman at the other end of the age spectrum from the young girl Mary. In our Gospel today, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, Know this too, your kinswoman Elizabeth has in her old age herself conceived a son, and she whom people call barren is now in her sixth month. Elizabeth, of course, gave birth to John the Baptist, so her role was crucial too. So I think today's Gospel invites us to look at how central women were and continue to be in God's plan. There is a lot of talk today about women being allowed into all kinds of roles formerly confined to men. I have no difficulty whatsoever with that, as long as it is not seen as women being able to prove that they are better than men. Women have nothing to prove in that regard. With that, I think we might just go and uh, go for our gospel reflection because there's a fair bit to, to re- reflect on in the gospel this morning. So, our second piece of music this morning is A King Shall Come, and it's sung by Trevor Thompson. Come back and join us for the most important part of our programme, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. The King shall come when morning dawns and light triumphant breaks when beauty gilds the eastern hills and life to joy awakes not as of old a little child to bear and fight and die but crowned with the morning sky 
brighter than the rising morn when he victorious rose and left alone some place of death despite the rage of foes oh brighter than the glorious morn shall this fair morning be when Christ our King in beauty comes and we his face shall see the King shall come when morning dies light and beauty brings Hail Christ the So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space, 102 FM, uh, coming from our Common Sea studio here in Ad. And it's the fourth Sunday in Advent. And again, we want to thank Father Frank for helping us to reflect there on the role of women, especially in our Advent thoughts and our Advent reflection, just to take away with us for this week. So this being the most important part of the program where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel, and before that, as usual, we have a prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And of course, Shane is going to pray that as usual for us this morning. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for that, Shen. So now we'll invite Father Frank to lead us in the reading of the Gospel for today, for today the first Sunday in, in Advent. Thanks, Father Frank. You're welcome, John. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. He went in and said to her, Rejoice, so highly favoured. The Lord is with you. 
She was deeply disturbed by these words and asked herself what this greeting could mean. But the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid. You have won God's favour. Listen, you are to conceive and bear a son, and you must name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his reign will have no end. Mary said to the angel, But how can this come about, since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the angel answered, and the power of the Most High will cover you with its shadow. And so the child will be holy and will be called Son of God. Know this too. Your kinswoman Elizabeth has in her old age herself conceived a son, and she whom people called Barden is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible to God. I am the handmaid of the Lord, said Mary. Let what you have said be done to me. And the angel left her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for that, Father Frank. Father Frank, have you got a few thoughts maybe you'd like us to, to, to take on board and from the message of this week's Gospel? Yeah, John, I think, you know, the, the, just a few uh, words first about the background and the context if we are to understand that is one of those gospel passages that everybody knows and you might turn off and not quite listen you, I kind of you know this but it's, it's that's a dangerous thing to do with scripture and you know the first thing you'd note there like there was a, an angel sent by God and here is the almighty God inviting a young girl from an obscure place to make a covenant with him that was to change the world forever. I think that's, you know, that, that that little phrase there at the beginning is sent by God. We'll come back to it again a bit a bit later. I think what it uh, needs to be explained as well is the betrothal, which is, would be our engagement, but uh-huh. would be a bit more than our engagement. It says, a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph. The betrothal time lasted for a period of one year before the officially got married mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was but it was as binding as marriage and it could be dissolved only by what was legally termed divorce even though they weren't married yeah. betrothal was a very solemn commitment and um, so Mary and Joseph were already in a very binding relationship although not yet uh, fully married and I think that's important because that's kind of foreign to our way of thinking today you know the the, the betrothal is, um, we have a little bit of that in our own tradition and we talk about a breach of promise. Oh, yes, yes. When people mm. are engaged, you know, I mean, and that was considered a very solemn thing. Uh, you might be too young, Shane, but it was a very solemn thing yeah. one time, you know, yeah. to, uh, a breach of promise taken yes. very seriously. Mm. Mm. Um, as I said already, she was from a, a very insignificant town. You might remember in the scriptures, somebody uh, said, can anything good, Nazareth, can yeah. anything good come yeah. out of there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of a town they looked down on, you know. And um, the little phrase, so highly favoured, you know, it's worth noting that every time we say the Hail Mary, we say that we say Hail Mary, full of grace. Yeah. So highly favoured, that's what it means. Full of grace, full of God's giftedness and coming and gracing of them for the, for the task ahead. She was deeply disturbed 
uh, and asked herself what this greeting could mean. Naturally, a young girl, uh, some, maybe mm-hmm. only 14, 15. And, uh, and she's been told she's become the mother of God. And um, so she was disturbed because she couldn't figure out what was going on. It's not a reluctance on Mary's part mm-hmm. to take on the role because, as we see, she, she proved to have great faith. But, um, and she, it says she asked herself, uh, a, a translation you'll find in other translations of the gospel is she pondered these yeah, words in yes, her heart. I think yes. it's a nice, a, mm-hmm. a nice word. And maybe, maybe we'll come back to that uh, as well. Um, and the fact that Mary had difficulty accepting and taking on board that Christ was actually God, the Son of God, and the divinity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when he was 12, when Jesus was 12 years of age and got lost in the temple, you know, and they came back and found him in the temple arguing mm-hmm. with the experts in the temple. And they, Mary said, and did you not know, uh, 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 son, why did you do this to us? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, did you not know I must be about my father's business? And they were still kind of, they were puzzled, you know. So it was very difficult for Mary to take on board what what was really happening it's, there. It's and the last thing, words, yeah, quite, yeah. Sorry, but it's, especially those words coming from a 12-year-old. 12-year-old, that's did right. You yeah, that's right. Did you, did you not know I yeah, about yeah. my father's business? And the other little comment I'd make by way of background is that little phrase, do not be afraid. Now, I haven't counted them, um, but uh, somebody, uh, some uh, scholar has said that that occurs 365 times in the Bible. Uh, one for every day of the year. So maybe it's mm-hmm. it's a piece of scripture that we need to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Do you know the, the thought that comes to my mind, um, and it, it always puzzles me, when Zachariah was was also told that his wife, right, and he couldn't believe it, like. That's right. And he was struck dumb. Yeah. Now, in a way, Mary said the same thing. I'm yeah. sure. How can this happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. How come poor old Zachariah got? Hmm. It always puzzles me. Oh, yeah. it was okay he, was, he was told, shut up, and I'll deal, right. I'll deal with this matter with Elizabeth myself. Okay, so that's the background anyway. Uh, you know, that, that gives us some, yeah, some help in terms of. Um, and now. Probably the next thing with Lecture Divina maybe is to go through a sort of a meditation process. That be right, Father? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, and just what, what we're trying to do in that is trying to... to they, they use... The, the people that write about Lexia Divina talk about um, the marrying of Scripture and our lives, our experience, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's... You mustn't read the Gospel as something that happened 2,000 years ago. What's happening in the Gospel is happening now, and that's what Lexia Divina tries to... Uh, to bring out, you know, and um, and I think it's worth reflecting first maybe on the, uh, God choosing Mary. For, what does it tell us about God that he chose this young girl from an obscure place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to be the mother of his son? And um, I think it shows an extraordinary love for humanity, that he would grace humanity, a, a, a simple young girl, um, to be the mother of his son, to be the mother of God. Mm-mm. And it also shows the trust that he places in human beings. We, we, yeah. we, we all know the story of Christmas, but God could have brought Jesus into the world by clicking his fingers. Yeah. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, it's worth, that's one point that's worth what's reflecting 
on. I don't know if you have any thought on that, Shane, or not, Dan. Yeah, um, it's 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 a, as you said, it's a gospel which is overly overly familiar to us in many respects, and it's it's that taking that time to reflect on it and what it is actually being asked of Mary in it, because as you said, um, God, as you said, I actually that's a good way of putting it. God could click his fingers and and Jesus could have appeared, but again, it emphasizes the gift that we have, which Mary epitomized, which was the gift of working with God in his message to us, in his love for us, and echoes again and again something that we've often picked up on the program, which is the fact that God is always there for us. It is up to us to turn back to him. And from those times where we feel that we have been abandoned, God doesn't abandon us. It's those moments that we kind of don't listen for those divine opportunities, those divine moments in our lives, in those moments of encounter that we can recognize God in. And the Annunciation, of course, is it's a very famous piece which has many, many depictions in art. Um and from right across the centuries there's there's some magnificent ones there, particularly from you know from the Renaissance period and so on. But also there's some lovely modern ones as well, which when you see them, they very much juxtaposition, you know, your your expectation of what it is. Because of course it is something that happened two thousand years ago in the sense of what we're reading in today's scripture. But that call to welcome Jesus into our lives is something that all of us are called to listen to every time, every Christmas, as much as it was the invitation that was given to Mary 2,000 years ago. And I suppose in one sense, it was an invitation. Um, and I think, for you know, that's something that was different and unique about the Christian message to the world. You know, many other... Um, religions of the time, aside from aside from Judaism, where you had this kind of encounter with the divine. It was very rough. It was very harsh. It was very domineering. But in this, it's it's an encounter. You know, Gabriel encounters, visits Mary and asks her, would she be the mother of the son of of the son of God? And the phrase you used there earlier is working with God, you know, and mm-hmm. um, they like Nowhere is that so profoundly shown than when a woman becomes pregnant and that pro- and, and has a baby. Yes. That that mm, process, mm. It, biology calls that reproduction, mm. but theology calls it procreation, and that means creating with. So that even God could have clicked his fingers to produce children as well. Mm, yes. But it. But I think it all brings out the dignity that God bestows on people. We take it for granted, like we do. But yes. we say he could have done different. We wouldn't have thought of it if he didn't think of it. Mm. So I think the the, the 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 dignity that God bestows on people and and very much so on Mary. I think another uh, uh, thing there too, like is to um, uh, in relation to Mary. Some people, I, I think some devotion to Mary can go off beam a little bit. And, uh, and in a way that I think the person most denied would be Mary herself. You know, it's um, uh, rather than focus on what Mary did, it would be better to reflect on what God did yeah. through Mary. That's it's God. It's God's work. God did it through Mary. And sometimes where Mary, I think, would get annoyed sometimes is pe- when people make a God out of her. And she said, she, she yeah. said at the marriage feast of Cana, do whatever he tells you. She yeah. pointed to Jesus and she was a woman of very few words. And I think it's, it's important to look on, on this story, the Annunciation, 
and all through the gospel, in, not just in relation to Mary, but it's what God does through people that achieve great things. And, um, and in that sense, you know, if you could ask, like, what did Mary do to deserve this honor? I'd say nothing, really. Yes. It's, yes. it's, it's God's sheer gift. That's what grace means. Mm. Nobody deserves God's gifts. His gifts and favors reflect his generosity, not the worthiness of the recipient. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important um, uh, to bear in mind. The other thing that struck me just about it as well, particularly with the with the Annunciation, is also, um, particularly for those of us, I suppose, that kind of look at the, the like theology and, and get into studies and things like that, it's always a good reminder to us that... Um, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. You know, for people people that are listening this morning and kind of going, you know, I have doubts and, and so on and so forth, that's perfectly okay. Because in one sense, we have here Mary questioning God. She's in, you know, she's asking the angel, what's it all mean? What's it all about? She's not some passive uh, vessel, uh, you know, that, that just waiting, sitting there waiting for this to happen. She's, in, she's interrogating it. She's asking it. She's asking questions. And, you know, from a, from a faith perspective, there is no contradiction necessarily between faith and reason. Those many people would try to make that argument out. But the difference, I suppose, or, or the, the step that ultimately has to be taken is Mary makes a, a, an acceptance in faith. And that's the reason why um, she she's given up as a model, as an exemplar to us. It's not because, you know, it's she's some passive receptacle of the Lord's will. It's the fact that she has taught about it. She has used her free will. She has used her intelligence. And she has then said, yes, Lord, I will do what you ask of me. And, you know, that's something for us, very, you know, a particularly... When sometimes people will turn around and say, oh, just because it's this, this, it, such and such a matter of faith, you must do this. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what it's about. We are given the gift of reason. We're given the gift of free will. And we are called to use those gifts um, to challenge, to interrogate. But ultimately, also, we are relying on the gift of faith, which God has given us. And to be able to, like Mary, say, I will do what you ask. And that's something, I suppose, that we kind of should think about as well um, in, in, in terms of many aspects of life, not just in faith as well, but also to be inquisitive and to be asking questions, but ultimately then to be guided, uh, whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, the, the greatest support um, that Mary had in making her response to God's invitation was the fact that God had chosen her. If God, if it's okay with God, it's okay with me. That's and that's where her faith came in. That she, she just trusted God. She deeply, obviously, was a, a young woman of of uh, deep faith, and that was so. But her greatest strength, and it, what what helped her to say her yes, was the fact that well, if God has chosen me, I can't see how I I'm good enough for this. But God has chosen me, and that's enough. So me. coming back to today, coming back to myself. What can we learn so from what from how Mary I think made that, it? that God chooses us too and I and I, I think we we need to reflect uh, a good deal on the fact that God has chosen us too mm. um, God and, and in that sense he needs us mm. no I know Although we think people can mis- God need misunderstand me. that Mm-mm. yeah like but he has chosen to need us mm. he, he has chosen to do it through us as we said earlier he could have clicked his fingers for everything mm. yes. but he didn't yeah. and you know and he waits for us God's patient God takes his time 
there a few weeks ago, you know, we, there in, earlier on in Advent, uh, we noted that when John the Baptist appeared, there had been 400 years of silence yes. since yeah. Malachi mm. the prophet. Mm. That's how much God takes his time. He waits for us. And um, so I think we need to think more about ourselves as called by God. I put it this way, John. If Christ came knocking at your door in person and asked you to do something for him, would you do it? I think you would. Yeah. Mm. Right? So, and that's what God does all day, every day. He's asking us to do things for him. But we need to realize that God has chosen us to him. I say, what difference does my tuppence happening was make? God chooses us to carry out his plan. But I really have to believe and accept that, you know, that it's God's call for me. Uh, without that, I, I'm kind of taking a bit of pride up on myself. You know, this has got nothing to do. I, I need God. If God chose me, then God will provide whatever is needed. That's right. To carry out whatever he wants to do. And that's what the grace of God is. Mm. That's a grace of God. And I think the process is that God chooses, God calls, Mm. and God waits for a response. And he does not force us. When we were studying theology, one of the professors referred to the Holy Spirit as the quiet one of the Trinity. He never raises his voice. Mm. He's there. He's God present in us. But he waits for the response. We're never forced to make that response. He invites us and he waits us with so much patience for us to respond. And uh, the Holy Spirit is gently there urging us all the time. And we should never underestimate the witness value of a simple yes on our part to giving somebody a cup of cold water. Yeah. You know, mm. you know, we're responding then. You know, God he chooses, he calls, and we respond. And we, the simple things... Are the, are the things that really count, you know, at the end of the day. And the, the, they mightn't always just happen by accident. No, no. Do you know? Mm. It, that's a fair point, actually, John, as well. And it's something which, which kind of which Gabriel refers to in the gospel reading today. There's that line which, which Luke talks about. And he says, he, the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever and his reign will have no end. And the thing, I suppose, that can sound very complicated, but it's what it is. It's 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 linking back to the history of 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 the people of Israel, of the chosen people of God, and in particular, it's list, list, linking back to the promises that were made and the fact that God always keeps His promises, but it is kept in His own time, and and that's I suppose the, that 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 the thing to remember because like I, I, you know the tradition is there's like something like uh, 28 generations between David and and the, and Jesus, uh, depending which way you count it. And, you know, the whole idea that it's that number of years that have passed since the since the promise was made to David. And again, that, you know, and that Jesus fulfills that promise, but in a new and an unexpected way. And it's a reminder to us that no matter what difficulties we throw in life, um, that things will work out in, you know, as they are meant to work out. There's, I suppose it's a, um, a truism or it's, it's, an, it's a kind of an expression that's out there. God only gives you the troubles to that he also gives you the graces to carry, yeah, that's right. you know, and, and it's something for us to remember, particularly in this difficult time, as we're reflecting on it in this fourth Sunday of Advent in a year which has been so surreal and so difficult for people. And especially, I suppose, for those that might feel lonely at this time and wondering what does this, you know, this gospel say to us? Like Mary was there in one sense, she was alone, but she was accompanied by God. She was and and she was to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And it's a reminder to each of us that that overshadowing, that overshadowing 
is also there for each of us who have been confirmed and baptised. And it is a gift and a grace that is available to us. Um, no matter how dark the night may be or how dark, as, 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 as John of the Cross as, as would say, that, that the dark of that mountain that you would be going up or the dark night of the soul that you might be feeling surrounded by. And that, you know, we're celebrating tomorrow is the 20, 21st of, of December, which is the shortest day of the year. And we're facing yeah, into right. we're facing into the solstice, and it's a reminder to us that those in the in the northern hemisphere that mm. we are reaching the apex of the dark of winter. Yes. You know that's why Christmas is around this time of the year. It's the reminder to us that Christ is our light, and that we have a light ahead of us after all these troubled times. Just like Mary was that you know, holding that light for us in this Advent period. Thanks for that, Shane. Father Frank, so as we enter in these last few days of Advent leading up to, to next Friday, any few thoughts you want to leave us with, the final thoughts this morning? Well, I think arising from that, that gospel, one of the things I know is about Mary gave a full yes. It wasn't that Mary understood how she was going to conceive or I didn't understand it. She accepted God's word and, and believed it. But she gave a very full yes and I think a point I would make about vocations today to the priesthood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. religious life is that the reason why there are so few vocations, or one of the reasons, is that we live in what I call an options open society. Yeah. That sure, if it doesn't work out, I can do this. People give up one career and they go and do another degree or whatever it is. And uh, mm-hmm. they keep the options open. Like Mary had, uh, there were no options open. And if we are to get back vocations to the priesthood and religious life again, people must disengage from that options open. You must give it fully. And Mary was always presented to us when we are studying for the priesthood as the best model in the whole of Scripture for vocation, for responding to God's call. So I take from that, you know, and maybe we can take this week, God is still calling everybody. He's still calling us and he's calling everybody to do whatever work he wants done. Oh yeah, God is the top calling at all. Thank you very much indeed, Father Frank, and also thank Shane for 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 sharing those thoughts with us today. As as we close this program, and uh, just wish everybody the peace and the joy, and maybe the time to reflect on maybe some of the thoughts that have been shared with us over the last four weeks by our, our various contributors. Uh, leading up to that beautiful day on on on, on, on Friday, Friday next uh, Christmas Day, when as Father Frank said. God decided that he was going to um, send his son down through us, through one of us, to be one of us, to stay with us and give us beautiful messages. So again, thanks a lot indeed. Um, Again, thanks Shane. Hopefully you'll have a quiet few days before we meet you back again after Christmas and we'll do it all again. (laughs) Listen, thanks a lot. And Father Frank, thanks a lot indeed for for joining us. So now we'll go out with our final piece of music. Maybe this is our deal. I wonder who picked this, Shane. Did you pick this one? (laughs) This is one maybe just tied in beautifully with the gospel for today. This one is entitled Gabriel's Message. So from from myself, John Keeley, from Shane Ambrose and Father Frank Dewey, enjoy the week and have a peaceful and happy Christmas. God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. Drifted snow, his arms are slain. All hail, said he, thou lowly maiden Mary, most highly favored lady.
Most highly favored lady. 